You're listening to Divinely Curious, the podcast for mystics, seekers, and the spiritually curious. I'm Heather Augusta. Join me and my co-host, Emily Rose, for spirited discussions about what's capturing our curiosity and what we're discovering along the way. Hey, Emily. Hey, Heather. Are you interested in talking about spiritually bypassing? Yes, let's do it. Okay. I wanted to talk about spiritual bypass because um, you hear a lot of people, at least in our sort of sphere, talking about spiritual bypassing and how prevalent it it can be in the new age community and in like the spiritual community and also like this sort of general poo-pooing of love and light and thoughts and prayers and good vibes only and all that stuff. And so as you well know, my business is called Love Joy Light Work. And so <laughs> when I started to see people poo-pooing love and light, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> My business is literally love, joy, light work. And then I started to go, am I spiritually bypassing? So I'm hoping we can talk about this a little bit and figure out if we're spiritually bypassing or not. (laughs) Such a juicy topic in our world right now, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can Google spiritually bypassing or spiritual bypassing and kind of determine, you know, what the technical definition is. But what do you, what do you think of as spiritual bypassing? How do you understand it? So I, I tend to see spiritually bypassing or when someone's spiritually bypassing, I I don't know how to say that exactly. Spiritual bypass, spiritually bypassing. I don't know. (laughs) But when I've kind of noticed it is when someone's ignoring like a really big glaring issue in their life or ignoring a human issue. Maybe it's not even just pertaining to them. It's something a lot of us experience and then just, just, you know, love and light or something, the equivalent of that, instead of acknowledging the, the thing that's actually happening. And so that's kind of what I've noticed, but I think you know, if that's the only way you're experiencing things and you're never dealing with the actual issue, then that's a problem. But sometimes, you know, we're not actually equipped to deal with the the big thing yet. Yeah. And we need to do what we need to do to get by. But that's kind of how I see it is saying something like love and light or just think positive to circumnavigate the actual issue. Yeah. So that's what I tend to see it as. So, yeah, I mean, that's upon further exploration. That's what the sort of commonly agreed upon definition is, is that spiritually bypassing is when you use some sort of spiritual thing to avoid dealing with an emotional issue or just avoid dealing with things. And it's really interesting because when you look at it online, a lot of the articles that talk about it would be like psychology today and stuff like that. These are like very much not spiritual websites. They're not spiritual sources. And so at times, sometimes it seems like they're being anti-spiritual. Like if people are using meditation and prayer during difficult times, instead of just dealing with the difficult thing, 
And not everybody says that because the the people that coined spiritual bypassing was actually a Buddhist community because they were seeing it amongst their own people. So it's really interesting to me because I see what spiritual bypassing is. And when we avoid something, we avoid our own feelings or we avoid the feelings of others or somehow gloss over something, unwilling to deal with something. And we just use some sort of spiritual tool or spiritual belief or words to gloss that over. I noticed that in this dialogue, emotional bypassing was also a thing. So people doing the same thing, but instead of using spiritual stuff, they would be trying to control their emotions and skip over processing or dealing or facing any kind of uncomfortable emotions. So they were kind of intertwined with each other. So have you seen personally spiritual bypassing in your interactions with people? Like, have you experienced things where you've gone through something difficult and someone has not been able to like deal with it and they've just sort of thrown some sort of spiritual bypass move on you? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And thanks for explaining it so much more eloquently than I did. But yes, absolutely. I see this literally daily with my readings that I do. And, but, you know, I I see it all the time. I do it. I think we all do this in some capacity, if not spiritually bypassing, emotionally bypassing. And I think it's frankly required by our society to do this at times. I don't think there's a way to get through our society if you're in kind of the mainstream society without doing this is kind of my hot take. So I'm, I'm definitely not here to shame anybody for spiritually yeah. bypassing or emotionally bypassing, but I tend to see it when I work with clients because, and this is a lot of times it's because I, I see this on the spiritual plane of what's happening when I'm reading for them. So I'll see that, okay, there's this issue that's happening and their guides or the cards or whatever will show me this issue that's, that's happening and the deeper issue. And then they're coming to me for a reading. And so I start telling them about this deeper issue and they want nothing to do with that (laughs) deeper issue. And they want to talk about what they came to talk about for the, for the reading. And obviously I want to honor their requests. I tell them what I saw and then I do what they they want to do for the reading because I'm not here to force them to work on things they don't want to work on. That's not what I'm here to do. So I'm just let them know about it. And maybe that plants a seed of like, okay, maybe this is something to address. And I try to also give them like resources if I'm not equipped to handle that issue. And so I'll refer people out to like shamanic practitioners or you know, even therapists and (laughs) things like that, that would be more equipped to handle those things. But that's kind of how I tend to see it. And they're kind of coming to me for a reading to bypass the actual thing. They want reassurance that things are going to be okay. And they want to get it from a spiritual source and they want that reassurance. You know, that's how it tends to come up for me. And I have mixed feelings about it because like we all do this on some level and I also don't think it's always a bad thing. So yeah. I, I think actually like probably more than half the time it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I tend to see it the most. I also of course see it on social media and and things like that, but that's my kind of more intimate interaction with it. Yeah. What about yeah. you? How do you see this coming up? Um, you know, I think the first thing that comes in mind that's really 
applicable to what I do is in the modality I practice, there is this emphasis a lot on people choosing the lives that they live and choosing their circumstances before birth, this sense of karma and stuff like that. And I think a lot of times the whole spiritual bypassing thing shows up in the, oh, well, this is just the karma I'm working through or like, in a really oppressive way, like you look at groups of oppressed people and you say, oh, there's there's some sort of karmic thing that people have to work through and it's it lacks all compassion or this sense that people have chosen these like awful situations that they've been in. I, I have a really hard time accepting that. And um, and I don't operate that way. I, I try to operate with as much neutrality as possible and just sort of meet people where they're at. And if they're struggling or they're, they've been, they're in a situation that's really bad, we do make choices that get us to certain places, but sometimes crap just happens. And so I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, to the belief that everything happens for a reason, which is a really classic bypass thing. Well, everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that. I actually believe that there are some things that just happen. <laughs> you know, your bad luck and someone else's bad luck crash into each other or whatever. And this terrible thing happens. And I've had to adjust the way that I give my readings because the modality that I practice tends to really emphasize this whole, well, you know, you chose the situation. And so you chose these things, which feels very victim blamey to me. And it's pervasive in all, like all parts of the sort of new age communities. Like, well, you chose this, you chose this life. And da, 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 da. That's a side thing. I mean, you can believe that, but the point is, is it empowering people? If the belief that you chose your life and your circumstances it feels empowering to you and is helpful, then like, yes, let's lean into that. But if it's making you feel disempowered or it's making you feel shameful or bad, okay, then that's a clear spiritual bypass that somebody is trying to run on you or you're trying to run on yourself. And, and that's not, that's not useful. So that's one way that I see it kind of playing out in the work that I do and, and the stuff that I you know, read and things like that. Yes. I, I wanted to interrupt and go preach in the middle of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, oh my gosh, yes. I think that is something that comes up a lot. And I definitely see it in the same ways that you've been talking about with people saying, well, you know, people chose this life and this, this is what they go through. And I'm kind of of two minds with that, like where I do think that there is a benefit to looking at your life as, okay, th these are lessons I'm learning. I'm, but also I 100% agree with you that crap just happens. And I've literally seen this in the spiritual space too. And, you know, myself having a chronic illness, I deal with the healthism side of things where people say, oh, you know, you can heal yourself with this, or you can heal yourself with that. And you just got to take responsibility for your health and do X, Y, Z. And I, it makes me crazy <laughs> when I hear stuff yeah. like this, because it's like, there's no cure for what I have, you know, and there's only ways to manage symptoms. And even those don't work that well. And so I think I see it in that way. And I think like where that's coming from is this sense of it, it's really a privilege thing, you know, is, is kind of where it's coming from because we want to feel better about where we are in life. Right. 
And if we think, well, someone else did this to themselves, and even though it's unfortunate for them, they chose some aspect of this. And I think this goes spiritually. I think this goes with healthism, ableism, diet culture, <laughs> like you name yeah. it, it goes all around the, the board with that. And I think it's a thing that it, it really stems from fear. Like if I just do the right things, then these yeah. things won't happen to me. So obviously the answer must be like, you just have to work harder. Like, right. Which is all American exceptionalism. And <laughs> yeah, like, here we go down, down that path. But I think that's kind of where that's coming from. And it, it kind of gets into like a blame game too. like whose fault is it that this is happening? And then it all goes back to the individual and it's almost giving permission to blame an individual it, at the most insidious level of, of this. Um, yeah. But I, I like how you reframed it around empowerment because- it really is about what empowers you. And I feel like what I've learned on, you know, I feel like my health journey has been a spiritual journey for me and uh, a major one. And one of the things that I've learned is like take radical accountability for yourself, but also have compassion that shit just happens. Like, yeah, just it's kind of both like shit just happens and you have to deal with it. <laughs> so how do you want to deal with it? It's unfair that this happened. The system we're in is unfair that it's set up this way, but I'm the one dealing with it. And so I've got to do what I need to do to help myself. And I need to take accountability for, for helping myself, but that doesn't mean that it's my fault that I got here. Right. And right. so I think that it's complex, right? That's not an easy like social media card that you'd see on like Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't get passed around as much. And so I think what I'm talking about, I think is like it, what you're talking about too, is kind of like the undercurrent behind all of it. And mm -hmm. I think that undercurrent is fear. I think though, the ironic thing about this too, is that, you know, if we talk about the antidote to fear being love or, you know, something like that, that's what spirituality can promise to people. And so this is a really complex issue because I think sometimes when you're spiritually bypassing something, you can find light. And sometimes that light makes you feel accepted and it helps you to deal with the thing that mm -hmm. you've been avoiding. So it's complex. There's, I don't think it's a straightforward thing. <laughs> yeah. All. And it seems like too, like that love is sort of the love and the light is a way to sort of, I don't know, like put icing on a time bomb or something like put cake icing on a Titan bomb, you know, it's, it's not something that's actually fixing it. It's just making it look nice, you know? And I think it's interesting because your health journey and your experiences around that are, I think, something that a lot of people can relate to. People who have chronic illness or people just had illness in general. I don't know if you have ever noticed this before, but a lot of times when people die, everybody asks what the person died from. And then mm -hmm. once they find out what the person died from they always have to weigh inside themselves whether that might be a thing for them. So a lot of times if someone dies, particularly if they die, quote, earlier than, you know, the regular lifespan of an American or whatever, they'll be like, oh, what did they die from? And they'll say, oh, the person had a heart attack. 
oh, but they were a smoker or, oh, but they ate too much salt or, oh, but da, 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 da. And so there's always this like condition placed on it. And then people can go, oh, well, I don't do that. So that's not going to happen to me. And I feel like the health thing is the same thing. People always Mm want to know, well, why did this person get cancer? You know, why did this person develop this chronic illness? So I can make sure that it doesn't happen to me. That it feels like all of that around the health stuff and the weight diet stuff too, it's all people trying to protect themselves from what they see as a scary thing, which is the fear part that you're talking about. Totally. And yeah, it's, it's a real thing that you wrestle with. And one thing I I have, I have a few clients that have recently got diagnosed or their children have got diagnosed with similar conditions to mine. And they know that I have Crohn's disease. So then they, they're like, oh, I want to get a reading from you (laughs) because you understand me. And I feel like one reading that I did, um, the issue that just kept coming up was this, I must've done something wrong to get this. And I need you to help me figure out what I did wrong to get this. And basically that whole reading was me just giving her permission, like to, to just be angry that this happened and you don't have to be angry at yourself. You didn't do anything to get this. And that's the truth is, you know, I, I have friends that have rare forms of cancer or rare diagnoses and they didn't do anything to get that. And I think it's really hard for people to accept that things are just unfair. Like things just bad things happen to good people. And that's a really hard thing to accept because what that means is that something bad can happen to you. And exactly. And that's a really hard thing for people to accept. And in our society, like not to get super political that, but that doesn't have socialized healthcare that doesn't have these things, you know, that type of belief system of, oh, we're responsible for ourselves perpetuates that instead of just saying, wow, I can get sick any minute. I really hope I'm protected from that. Like it, or I have some type of, you know, support. If I do get sick, I know I can afford to go to the hospital and do these things. So I think that's, that's where it comes from. I think a lot of it is that fear of something bad could happen to me. And it's also convenient for our society to keep the current mechanisms in place um, to, to believe that. So it's just perpetuated further and further and further. I always think like people want that reason because they want to know who they can be mad at and who they can sue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who can I sue about getting this thing? (laughs) Who can I be mad at? You know, who can I protest against or whatever? And sometimes there just isn't anybody. It's just, that is just the way it is. And it's such a hard thing to accept. Like it really, it's a really hard thing to accept that things happen and it's just how it is. And that makes people feel out of control and like things are chaotic. And so, you know, it's a hard fact of life for people to accept. And so a lot of people don't, and I didn't until I got really sick. That was what made me accept it. I did everything on the planet to try to be like, I'm using air quotes here, healthy, like you know, before I got sick because I knew something was wrong with me. And I was like, I've got to just buckle up and do all the things and be on all these crazy diets to try to like figure things out. And guess what? None of it did anything. And I got worse. (laughs) So thinking positive thoughts didn't, didn't heal your Crohn's disease. Yeah. You know, maybe I just wasn't thinking hard enough. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Maybe I just wasn't feeling the positivity hard enough. But what I found though, like kind of on, you know, after being diagnosed for about four years now, I now like have this thing where I lean on love and light stuff 
like so much to get through yeah. my days. Like the amount of, of stuff I do and the amount of spiritual by- bypassing I do because is it even really bypassing when I can't fix my issue? Like right. not really, but then, but the amount that I rely on spiritual stuff to get through the day, to enjoy my life, frankly, that's actually grown so much. Like I do a lot more spiritual practices now than I've ever done in my life. So yeah. Is that actually fixing my condition? Like, no, but is it putting me in a better mood to live my life? Absolutely. So I totally live on that. I think it's interesting because like one of the big questions is like, why do we spiritually bypass? So one is we've just talked about is, well, you know, we want somebody or something to blame. We want to have a reason for things happening. You know, we want to give meaning to something like maybe we've been through something bad and we've gone through it, like someone passed away or whatever. We got through it and we want to give it meaning, which is not a bad thing. That's one of the parts of, Mm -hmm. of grief. But I also understand that there's, when you're projecting it onto other people, like, you know, somebody is in the middle of their grief and you're just trying to like give it meaning for them. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. it happened for a reason. You know, your cat died for a reason or whatever. That's spiritually bypassing. They get to come up with their own reason. You don't get to decide what the reason is or the meaning is for their hardship or their loss or whatever. That's um, such a good point to to just make that distinction of like you can make a you can have your own reasons, but yeah, I think that projection point is what's yeah. really important. Like and noticing, like, am I projecting this on somebody? Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's the same thing with illness too. Like if people get sick, like you don't get to project the reason why someone has gotten sick. Like if they have, they create meaning for that for themselves that helps them. Great. But you don't get to decide what that is for anybody. Totally. Yeah. So, but then I think you're bringing up a really good point that maybe some things that we do that would be maybe considered bypassing are in fact, not bypassing, but actually coping mechanisms. So Mm -hmm one of the, and they can, and they can literally be the same thing. It's just the context is just slightly different. One is like, like unwilling to deal with an issue. Right. Um, although maybe you could, and so you're bypassing, so you don't have to deal with it. There's also the situation where you are unable to deal with an issue or an emotion because of your circumstances or because it's not safe for you to do it for some reason. Um, So you bypass in order to get through that situation or you're completely, you have no control over an issue. So you do things that might be considered bypassing in other circumstances in order to like make it so that your life is bearable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the thing. Cause I don't even really think it's bypassing then if you're, if you're not equipped to handle it at that time, like you're not equipped to do the deep work at that time to process and heal from something, then I don't see it as bypassing. And I'm also kind of, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but so I think a lot of times when someone is avoiding it, they're not equipped to handle it. Um, At that time, yeah. there's something that they need to handle it. They need, they need a support or they need, and that's the thing that whenever I go into a reading, the intention I put is like, I'm going to say what they need to hear. And that's what I ask 
for when I'm channeling things is what do they need to hear? So regardless of, of how they receive what I'm telling them, obviously I stop if they ask me to, to stop or whatever, but I know maybe I'm like, maybe my job here is to plant a seed. Like yeah. maybe that's my job here. And maybe that seed that gets planted starts kind of growing into a support network for them to process this at some point. And then it's not really bypassing, I think, but I think where it becomes problematic is exactly what you're talking about with the projection. Like, yeah. I think that's how we see it a lot online or even just, you know, when someone is contending with something like grief, what you were talking about. Um, I think it's that projection of that reason or, well, they're in a better place or they're this or they're that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, well, that person's going through something really traumatic and, you know, we don't really know what's going to be helpful for that particular person. And so we try, and I think the deepest root of that is fear, what we talked about. But I think a lot of it too, is trying to help that person feel better. And in our culture, we don't have a lot of, of tools to process difficult things. I think that's why people seek people like us, like people who are healers and readers and and things because we frankly don't have a lot of support in in yeah. other places in society for for processing these really difficult human things that will happen to every single person and so people reach for what's available i think that's this is getting kind of bleak i feel like but that's what no i think is. you're absolutely right i mean uh, one example that i thought was uh, a good one was i heard someone talking about being in recovery for drug addiction. And in those first, you know, that first year that they were in recovery, they were spiritually bypassing all over the place because all they could do was just try to get through each day, one at a time and trying not to take drugs. They just needed to do that. And so they leaned very heavily on their spiritual stuff and did not actually deal with underlying emotional issues because they had to go through the actual, like, I don't know, like physical steps of getting through a day without doing drugs. So, and, and then of course you kind of work your way into not leaning on that stuff. Cause a lot of times I, I think that when you spiritually bypass, you're just kind of postponing dealing with whatever it is that needs to be dealt with. Um, and that's when we spiritually bypass for ourselves, when we project spiritual bypassing on other people then we're basically not showing up for them. And sometimes I feel like we do this because we can't show up for them in any other way. Like we can't deal with their suffering. We've talked about this in other episodes. We sometimes we can't because we're going through our own suffering. And so everybody's trying to just smooth everything over because your suffering is just like too intense for me. And, and I think you see this a lot among people of privilege who have a really, really, really hard time witnessing the um, oppression and the history and the suffering of people in oppressed groups. And so like, we're desperately trying to like gloss over it with whatever will make it seem less painful, but that's not, you know, that's not any way to heal it. It's really interesting once it, you start to see it in, in a lot of different things and there's so many reasons why we do it. Yes. Totally. And I think too, with the idea of, I, I feel like it's kind of a blame game, I guess, is what people get in because, you know, our justice system is set up this way. Everything is yeah. set up this way where it's like, yeah. we have to have somebody who's responsible. Something yeah. must be responsible because then if we can isolate what's responsible, we can control things. And right. if we can control things, then we don't have to live in fear that something bad right. is going to happen. 
And I'm not saying that that's all bad all the time, but it's like, we try to apply it to things that you can't apply that to. And also I think, you know, this comes from, you know, talking about privilege. I have some relatives I was trying to explain the idea of privilege to who are, you know, more on the conservative side of things. And they were like, I just don't get how someone can say I'm privileged when my life is so hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to explain to the <laughs> to to people like no one is trying to say your life isn't hard. No one's trying to take that. It's just that you haven't had to deal with this issue impacting everything else. And I hope I got through. I don't know. But they they kind of go. Oh, like, because I feel like, especially when it comes to racism and and things like that, Mm -hmm. because then people think, then I'm to blame for this. And it's like, well, let's acknowledge what's happened. Yeah. Let's do the acknowledgement and know that we're all part of this system that's upholding the, the old systems. And then if we do that, then we can start to kind of look inward on how we can act differently individually, but then also like what systemic things need to be placed in society. You individually are not to blame for this whole thing happening. And I feel like that's where it's it's complex and it's not something that's explained very well and it's not reaching people in the way it does and then even once you get past that first layer then this applies to like a lot of areas of your life and yeah. it's not a simple answer there's no one person to blame so there's no one thing exactly to blame we don't like to deal with the complexity of that it's harder for us to process and so we just don't and then this is how we end up here. (laughs) So let's talk about that actually, because I mean, I think that is a very relatable situation where there are these really, really complex issues, especially right now where we're just as a humanity are are confronting some really complex issues or out in the light of day. And we are finding ourselves wanting to uh, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people are wanting to button it up. Like you said, let's figure out why we're doing this so we can, you know, just get it sorted out and come with a solution. We are trying to just sort of pray our way into like <laughs> mm-hmm. a resolution without any taking any meaningful action. That's another classic, I think, bypass thing is not taking meaningful action and everything that you're doing is just like spiritually based, which works if you have no power, right? So if you have no power, then spirituality may be like creating spells or praying or doing anything like that might actually be the only thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. But for those of us who have the power to do other things, we can do the spells and the prayers and the love and light. But we also need to like do all the physical and emotional and mental things associated with the issues. (laughs) This is why it doesn't work when politicians are like thoughts and prayers. It's like, yeah. no, you are actually in a position to make some changes. <laughs> so you don't get to thoughts and prayers this. <laughs> right. Right. Like, because you can actually do something about this. Um, right. I get to thoughts and prayers, but I also got to take action um, <laughs> like with yeah. some things. I think that's kind of the the thing with that is meaningful action needs to be taken. Like, and I think that distinction you made is important. If you are in a position to do that, sometimes we are in situations that we don't have that power. Like right. we we don't have it. And I think like with spirituality is what I've, I've found is everything is a paradox. Like yeah. absolutely everything is a paradox. Nothing is simple. And actually everything is simple. It's a paradox. Like, <laughs> 
it's a sound bite right there. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's so like, I think about all the paradoxes all the time. You control everything and you control absolutely nothing. Both those things are kind of true. Like, you know, everything in spirituality is that way. And I think everything in life is that way. It's all a paradox. And we don't like to live in paradox as humans. We like to have it be clear and succinct. And I think to live like a true spiritual life, you have to get really comfortable with paradox. I think getting comfortable with it. And I think knowing that everything is complicated and everything is simple. That helps me a lot for some reason. It used to make me so angry all the time that I would think this like, God, but it's true. It's like the answer is usually very simple to things. Like most of the time, you know, the answer to everything that you need to do, but it's also complicated because sometimes that answer is not easy to do. And it's so it's simple and complicated at the same time. I think that's really the reality of our world. And that's hard to accept. Yeah, it is. What about um, good vibes only? Oh my gosh. Look at my cup right here. Good vibes only. I got gifted this cup. It holds my pens on my desk. It says good vibes only. And I I don't really like it in terms of, of that because I have a weird thing about cups. I only drink out of cups that like are pretty or depending on my vibe that I'm going to need for the day. Yeah. I drink out of that cup. So today I'm doing a big launch. So I have a cup that says the audacity oh, nice. at the bottom. And it's like a skeleton and a rainbow and like... He's like paddling on a dark cloud and like whenever I have to do something hard, I'm just like, I got to have the audacity and be weird. And like, (laughs) and so I drink out of that, but I cannot drink out of the good vibes only one. (laughs) I can't drink out of it. And so it sits on my desk and I try to just think of it to like, remind me, I I don't like the only, but I kind of just look at the good vibes part. And whenever I'm sitting at my work desk here, I'm trying to put out vibes that are going to help people and that help myself. And so I have uh, very mixed feelings. Like I think good vibes only can be applied like at a bachelorette party. (laughs) (laughs) You know, certain situations where you're like, no, we are only having good vibes here. We are bypassing all our crap right now because we are going to live it up right now in our bachelorette party in Vegas. Like totally, I think good vibes only is completely applicable there. You're like, no, Susan, you can't cry about your divorce right now when she's getting married because it's good vibes only. Like, <laughs> I think then that's fine. <laughs> I, but I think also when someone's putting out something that they've worked hard on and then it's like, don't, you don't get to bring your nasty stuff and project it all over this person's good work that they've just done. Like, yeah, I see it all the time because I'm healing from diet culture and all of that. So I see people like that. They're so excited that they've done something in their life. They're like, man, I, I just started lifting weights and I feel so good. And, and they're like, but you're lifting wrong and you're doing this and you're doing that. And it's like, no, 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 this is good vibes only. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Like, like we're not going to like poo-poo on this person and the good stuff that they're doing. And so I think Good Vibes only has a place. Bachelorette parties in Vegas and when people are doing good things in the world. And let's not peek every little nitpick everything. But I think those are limited. So Good Vibes only is not appropriate for a funeral. Right. (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. Not appropriate. (laughs) And I mean, 
I think the other thing that can happen with the good vibes only situation is when people accuse others of being toxic, when they're mm-hmm. just like angry about something like, you know, somebody just breached a boundary or they did something really rotten to me and I'm angry about it. And people are like, oh, you're being so toxic. And it's like, no, no, I'm just expressing like a real natural and justified human emotion. Yes, exactly. And I think that's something that you see a lot online. Also, I, I know I keep talking about chronic illness of it just like applies so much to it because yeah, totally. a lot of times if you're just saying how you are, people see it as complaining and you're yeah. like, I'm just literally telling you what's happening in my life. Like you asked how I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally told you how I'm doing and you're yeah. like, oh, good vibes, only vibes. You know, it's like, you know, I get that all the time, but like, I don't, I don't go and tell people like actually how I'm doing most yeah. of the time. Like I'll tell someone like you because, you know, we're, we're good friends and you know me, but you know, if I'm out in the world, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, this is what happened. I'm on liquid diet for the last four days and I'm angry yeah. about my life like I'm not going to just go and tell like every stranger I meet that you know yeah. um, but a lot of people see it as complaining when you're like no and, and they just want that good vibes you know people can't handle a lot of times yeah. and they're not prepared for real answers they're not prepared yeah. for people being angry or they're not prepared for be- people just being unhappy about something like you know what? I don't like that this thing happened and I'm really unhappy about it. It usually doesn't come out as matter of factly. It usually comes out with like more emotion. And so then people are like, ew, bad vibes. <laughs> and, and then like you end up just being fake to people all the time yeah, and yeah. you they're, you're not going to have real friends, you know, or yeah. real connections with people. And and there is a thing where, you know, I've definitely worked with readers and spiritual teachers where sometimes they're like, hey, for this week, just focus on this thing. And it's like a practice to just focus on it. And then it's like, okay, I am kind of good vibes only, but it's not permanent. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just here to focus on this for this week. And that will help me see all the good things I have in my life and be appreciative of those. But it's not like there's, there's no way I could live that way forever. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, I think there's a time and place for good vibes only. That's what right. I'm getting at. And I think most of the time that's not, that's not the protocol there. So another way that I am seeing bypassing happening is that, and, and this is not just happening in the spiritual realms. This is happening in other realms too. People are like just completely checking out. Mm-hmm. So they might be checking out because they're like, totally immersed in their meditation practice or they're completely immersed in their spiritual practice or whatever, because they do not know what the heck to do with what's going on in the world right now. They don't feel like they have any power and all the feelings are just too much. And so they just kind of check out and try to weather the storm. And, And you see this in other ways too. It's not necessarily spiritual, but you know, we like I can't deal with the news right now. So I'm going to binge watch a TV show or something like that. Or I'm going to do blankety blank. Like we are calling me out, Heather, you're calling me out. (laughs) We all do it. We all do it. So what do we do in these situations where we are exposed to something like if it's a world event, like an earthquake where, you know, thousands and thousands of people have died or whatever. And we, there isn't really a lot that we can do, or it's like a weather event or something like that, you know, and where there's this inclination to like, just check out and like not pay attention and just tune it all out. Like, 
when is it okay for us to just be like, you know what, I can't take in any more of this because it like hurts my heart and it, it starts to like affect my mental health versus no, I actually should be paying attention because this is important. And there are people that are suffering. What, what is your thought on that? I guess to sum it up, my thought would be the world is deeply fucked up in a lot of ways and we need whole people to mend it. Yeah. And what do you need to be whole? What do you need to be a whole person? And um, I always think of that Carl Jung quote, which is like my one of my favorite quotes of all time is I'd rather be whole than good. And that's why I do things like shadow integration and things because I feel like it makes me more whole. And I think we need whole people to solve these things that are happening. And I don't think there is even solving all of them. But I think it is like in order to be helpers with this and like in order to mend things. So I think that's the question. What do you need to feel whole? And sometimes we do have you know, I am the type of person where I used to really listen to the news a lot and be really involved in the news. And I'm not so much, I'm not totally checked out or anything, but I, I don't listen to it as religiously as I used to. And I am dealing with my own stuff, my own health stuff, my own whatever. And that's not going to help me be more whole in this moment. And I'm not going to be of use to anybody if I'm dysregulated and I'm all over the place and I can't help people that way. So I feel like you have to do what you need to do to be as whole as you possibly can be. And then from that place of wholeness, that's where you can start helping or sometimes helping is what will help you become more whole. Right. There was a time in my life where I was so unhappy and I had this like boring job and I decided to go volunteer somewhere because I'm like, I just need to feel some good stuff. I, and I need to feel good that I'm helping. I want to help other people. And I was in a position to do that. It was, it was something I could do. And, um, am I in that position now? No. (laughs) Um, you know, um, but I think that it is the type of thing where if you just do what you need to do to feel better, like you will help other people. Like, yeah, you will. And it's about tending to your needs. And if you're tending to your needs, a lot of times that will involve helping. Yeah. So that's kind of my take on that. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like, for example, if you're a single mom who also happens to be like a nurse or something like that, if you get so wrapped up in some sort of global event that's happening, that it just breaks your heart and you're crying and you have no energy to do anything, like you can't show up for the people who need you, you know, there's there's a little bit of a trade-off too, because there's sometimes you just have to like check out because the people right in front of you need you now. <laughs> and that's another way to sort of reframe like is, is my need to have compassion for people, but also not like take on these causes, you know, but I also don't need to like love and light those, those people who are going through those things. Like we can't all show up for all of the things. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no possible way to do that. And I think the thing that helps the most is when you share your medicine with the world, like whatever your medicine is. And for like that single mom you're talking about, the medicine she gives might be like, I'm showing up for my kids and like, I'm going to help raise these whole people. And yeah. I'm doing my my dangdest to do that. And 
I think there's some of that. And a lot of times knowing what your medicine is to the world, you're like, how is that helping people? Like, I don't know. I do this weird thing. Like, does that help people? But it all does. We need all of it. And I think it's when we think we should be someone we're not a lot of times. And then we we should, I think that shoulding, we've talked about that before. Like I I should myself to do this or that. That's when we end up in, in trouble. Not always, but a lot of the time we end up in trouble with that. And that's kind of your detector of, wow, I should listen to the news today. It's like, okay, well, why, why are you doing that? And I think investigating that why is, is part of that path to wholeness. What about people who just never feel whole? And so they just keep doing their spiritual practices forever and ever. And they're totally in a position to like help, I don't know, throw some money at a cause or be there for, you know, for someone who needs an ear or volunteer or like, I don't know anything. Cause I feel like there's a lot of that in that happens. There is. And I think this is complicated because people aren't going to deal with things until they're ready to deal with things. And I feel like if you are, I keep using the word whole, which I, I, I do kind of mean is like integrated. Like you have your, right. your subconscious and your conscious integrated and you've dealt with a lot of your, your stuff, not yeah. all of them. You're, it's a constant process. But I feel like a lot of people who aren't trying to help, it's because they're lacking something yeah. a lot of times. That thing could be many different things. Like you could be an overworked person. You could be someone who has a lot of deep trauma stuff that you don't want to deal with. But like, I believe this is kind of like a separate thing, but I, I don't really believe that laziness is a thing mm-hmm. um, because I think that we're not doing something because we need something to do that thing or it's not the right thing for us, One of, you know, whatever it might be. And I kind of think the same thing when people aren't helping it and they're benefiting from not helping in some way. There's there's something there that they're benefiting from. So it could be that they're benefiting from the status quo of how things are, but they're not actually benefiting from it, right? Like they are on a deep level. They're not. And that's another paradox. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here we go on the paradox train. Uh, But we could be punitive about it and be like, no, like you should be helping people and you should be doing this and that. But I think if people just actually have permission to be like, let me look inside and look at the things that are very inconvenient to my life right now to address. And it's like, okay, what do I need to feel safe or safer addressing this? It's like, okay, maybe I need a better support system. Maybe I need this or that. And I think that's how you start doing that. Because a lot of the people I see, you know, I do, I tend to see a lot of privileged people too. Like my readings are not cheap. (laughs) So I tend to see people who are privileged. Almost all of them are like really conscious people, like doing a lot of really amazing work in the world. But a lot of them too are living with this deep, deep sense of unease and they can't help people when they're feeling this deep sense of unease, whether it's stress, anxiety, depression, all these things. No, I mean, I think basically what you're saying is like, people might seem like they're being overly passive about things. But in reality, if they were to show up, they would be showing up with like all their baggage and maybe making the situation worse, not better. Uh, Yeah, look at all our politicians. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I think that, but I don't think that that gets people off the hook. Like, that's why I think doing the work yourself, like that, taking that radical accountability of like, 
I'm going to do what I can do to be as whole as possible, which is kind of like the oath I've taken in my life. Then I think that's what matters is that you're on that path because you're going to do good things. And I think that if you're going to do something that is really good in the world, you know, sometimes you can just do that and it's good and it benefits people. But I think a lot of times you need to be whole. Yeah. You know, and I think like what the people I admire the most they're the people who embrace both things and they're they're like wow like I've done all this healing and I've been working on this and they're they're people who have taken the time to to resolve that within themselves in some way and know that it's a constant work in progress and they're the ones who tend to do the most good so that's kind of what I've noticed but like anything there's no hard and fast rules <laughs> sometimes too those those people who have done a lot of that work on themselves and and like you said it's, it's maybe not as much about wholeness, but about like integrating things. A lot of those Mm -hmm. people are totally willing to show up and make mistakes. Like I'm here to help, but I might actually do it wrong, you know? And that's a big thing too. Cause sometimes people are afraid to like, you know, back to the bypassing, like actually be there for someone who's going through a hard time or just witness someone's difficulty or lend a hand or whatever because they're afraid of doing it wrong you know Mm -hmm. and so it's easier to bypass instead and what does that do to the ego right like if you do something wrong the damage that 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 does to your ego and I think that you have to have another engine running to help with that and that engine is not easy to get started (laughs) yeah yeah so I feel like our our ego tends to kind of run the show with a lot of things and I think ego can be our employee like we can totally use our ego for good things Uh, but I also think that with ego stuff it is it's it's going to be tricky you're going to see a lot of trickery whenever that's involved um, because it's it can be manipulative and I feel like that showing up and knowing you're going to make mistakes is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Uh, as humans because of that, because of how the ego responds to that. Yeah. So one last thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is like totally a personal thing around my own work is this sentiment that I hear about light workers. People think of light workers as being all love and light. And that somehow if you're quote, a shadow worker that you are somehow more, I don't know, real or effective or whatever. <laughs> Have you heard this? I mean, have you seen people saying this before? Yeah, I may be guilty of saying it before too, but I don't, (laughs) I, I don't actually think that as much anymore. You know, what just came up for me though. Like, have you seen white, the white Lotus? Mm -mm. It's, it's like a cult favorite on HBO, I think. And what's her Jennifer Coolidge. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. There's this scene in White Lotus where she's like this rich millionaire, billionaire woman, and she's like addicted to getting psychic readings in the show. And so she's at this like Italian resort. And if you've seen The White Lotus, you know how amazing that whole the second season is of it. But she's in her at her hotel room and she's like, I need a psychic. I need a psychic. And so they send her the psychic and she comes and she pulls tarot cards and she's just like, your husband is cheating on you with another woman. And she's like, you're negative. You're negative. Get out. Get out. and I was like I relate so hard to this scene (laughs) when I saw that but that's that's the first thing I thought of with that because a lot of times like we want people who are going to tell us good stuff we want to know we're good and we're everything's fine 
fine and happy and whatever. And then when someone drops a truth bomb, people are like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Don't do that. But I think, I think that, you know, and you can talk about light work far more than I can, um, I think with your exploration of it, but I think that light work means seeing the dark too. And yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Like, I think you've told me this, you don't have light without dark, right? Like, so it's, it's about weighing both things. And I think, you know, cause I think I get tired of, because I have clients that go to other readers and they just tell them good things all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, they're like, well, they're a light worker. And so they tell me the good things and that makes me feel good. And I'm the kind of reader, if you come to me, I'm going to tell you what I see, but I'm going to say it like super compassionately and I'm going to give you tools. I'm not going to leave you hanging, but like, it's hard. Like it, it's real talk. So that made me like a little sour for a while about it, but I've come to a new place with it where it's okay. But I think that's kind of what comes up for me. I don't know. What do you think? I always think of like a light worker as well. It's, I have said this before, like if you are a light worker, you have to do shadow work. You can't do light mm -hmm. work without doing shadow work. And I always think of a light worker as someone who kind of finds you in your darkest place and helps to, to lead you out of it into a more a peaceful place, a place where you can feel lighter, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why people go to light workers because some people that's their gift. Like their gift is to help to draw people out of these really dark places. And that a shadow worker is someone who will go into your shadows with you and just sit with you in the dark while you just sort of metabolize digest whatever's going on and helps you get ready so that you can emerge. So maybe you pull yourself out of the darkness. Like the shadow worker isn't necessarily taking you on that journey out of the darkness. They're sitting with you as a companion. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. And I think like starting that process too of like, okay, we've got to acknowledge what's happening here and yeah. someone who can sit with that deep yeah. grief or pain or anguish that someone's dealing with. And that's a massive skill. And then also like helping someone transition yeah. and, and, and come back into the light. Um, and that's actually what's in funny about that is I'm, I'm going to be getting a tattoo fairly soon. Yeah. That says I can see the light. Oh, that's cool. So I've come around with, uh, light stuff. I was just too <laughs> far in the dark sometimes. <laughs> And then I, I think having sometimes like having someone like a light worker to show you, hey, yeah. there is a light over here. I think that that's really powerful because sometimes we can't always see it. Sometimes it's not in our orbit to see it. I mean, and it's, they're just two kind of different skill sets. Some people are way more comfortable being in those dark spaces and sitting with somebody. They're not afraid of it. They kind of take the fear out of it and everything like that. And they're sort of built that way emotionally and energetically. Other people are, are more emotionally and energetically more inclined to do that sort of drawing out of people like, come on, it's safe. It's safe to come out now. You know, it's safe to, to move to the next step on your path where you're hopefully feeling better and more peace and things like that. So yeah, it's interesting. I just wanted to interject that because a lot of times like light working and light workers are sort of a, a little bit of a punchline of a joke and they tend to fall into the same category as the like the love and light and the good vibes only and blah, 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 all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's definitely true that they kind of all get lumped in there unfairly, yeah. unfairly. Yeah.
but you know what? I don't let it bother me because I only have good vibes only in my, in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Only good vibes from Heather always. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been so fun talking to you about this. It's so interesting to sort of unpack the spiritual bypassing and, and sort of looking inside of ourselves of when we might be doing it and how to avoid it. And like, why do we do it? And you know, maybe sometimes it isn't all that bad to spiritually bypass. No, I don't think it's all that bad all the time, but you know, we'll just be sitting here in our good vibes and I'll just be bypassing the rest of the day with staring at my cup. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's do that. Okay. (laughs) Deal. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As always stay curious. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Divinely Curious. Connect with us on social media and tell us what you thought about today's episode. You can find Emily at Emily Rose Divination or on her website, emilyrosedivination.com. You can also find me, Heather, on social media at Lovejoy Lightwork. Or you can visit my website, lovejoylightwork.com. Thanks for listening and stay curious.